How does depressive bipolar affect sex? Is kink privileged? Why is mental health scarier to share with your friends than your lovers? This is basically life. Looking at queer sex, love and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Mugo. And now I can ask you the serious question. Yeah. My baby, are you good? I mean, no. <laughs> but also... <laughs> you know when you've decided to, to be okay and mm. like your okayness is just like, I mean, I don't know, hey? Like, that's currently not working for me right now. What, being good? Yes. <laughs> like, it is so fucking annoying. Um, but you know what? Like small victories, right? So I can get so like get out of my house though. Like it's still like, you know, scenes, but like we get out. So you're saying it's been a struggle. Like all jokes, all hilarity aside, like it's been actually a struggle. It has. Um you know, and I was telling somebody it's just like I think every couple of years I have really bad spirals mm-hmm. and I sort of like tend to forget how they feel. Because I mean the last one I had I think was twenty fifteen. I mean twenty sixteen was a time, but twenty fifteen Okay, so wait, what cut it? Actually, you know what? People always come here, fuck up my questions. So like when you say a spiral, because like we are here to talk about mental health, so we might as well just like fucking get into it, fucking figure it out. So when you say like you went through a spiral, what was 2015 like? <sighs> Look, I mean, 2015 started off like beautifully, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I went into 2015 with a very manic feeling. Where you're just like on a high type thing. I was on a high. And I had been manic for a full year. I did not even know that that could be possible. You were manic for a full year? Yes! With the whole of 2015? No, the whole of 2014, going into 2015, right? So there'll be like maybe a couple of days of like depressive episodes, but nothing heavy also, right? Like I'm still functioning and whatnot. But I was actually just manic and anxious for most of that year. Um... So that happened, and then 2015, your relationship, and then I got out of this relationship, this particular relationship, mm-hmm. um, and then you start to realize that, oh shit, like, that relationship was actually abusive. Fucking it. Oh, it's the one we, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you have spoken out a lot about this on social media. Like, for a time, actually, hey? Yes. But also, people don't want to see it. No, people, people don't, don't want to listen because that person has social currency to the die. Yes. Mm. So, and also, like, it's a thing of people actually don't care. So, I've, like, also just... But What do you mean? Okay, wait. Um, okay, like, first, okay, we'll double matter. back to that. We'll double back to that. Yes. The whole... But, like, so, that was it. And before 2015, I think 2012 was my breakdown year. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, and it just seemed as if like 2020 started off quite all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I finally got this thing that I wanted and I, I moved into a new space and I was just like, yes. Like I'm trying to live like, I'm trying like to it's live, golden. And I'm like, oh my goodness, look at 30. Hello. And look at 30, look at God. <laughs> you know, look at everything. And I'm like, don't you just want to just... You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think after April, and it was the funniest thing because, so um, my friend Levin, uh, I, I'd asked her to, sorry, sorry, I'd asked them to 
come and, um, you know, stay with me. Because mm-hmm. also I was just like, I'm not going to go through like this pandemic thing living by myself. No, that was one of my biggest questions with you because you are a people person. Your house is like, I remember when I first met you, you were houseful. I was like, <laughs> I just moved to Joburg. I'm very used to like being contained in my own space. And then I meet this woman and she's like, come to Pretoria. And for some weird reason, we came to Pretoria. Like, we were so weird. And then when we arrived, like you were houseful. And like one thing I was very grateful for as the couple, we got the bed and everyone else had to sprinkle around. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. And like, I think that was one thing I was really, really worried about you with the pandemic because... You love people. I do. Mm. I really do. Um, and also, it's just a thing of, you know, and we talk about safe spaces and whatnot, but we actually don't realize the amount of work that actually goes into yeah. creating a safe space. Yeah. And I'm also very cognizant of the fact that you cannot create such a space with a huge amount of people. Yeah. yeah. So having 10 people over at my house seems very manageable, um, you know, and also, like, doing the vetting of the people. Yeah. you know, Because all it takes is one bad apple. That's, like, a exactly. real thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you pass around, hey, okay, these are the people that are coming over. Mm-hmm. Are you all right? If there's somebody that you're very uncomfortable with, mm-hmm. please let me know, and I take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was also a healing space for me at the time because I had gone back into therapy because obviously I wasn't okay. Okay. This was when I first met you. Yes. I was dialing back and this was in 20, end of 2015. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was well within it actually because I'd started like I think a couple of months before meeting you. So when I would come to the holiday events that you guys first had, Mm -hmm. um, I just started therapy but I was also very intentional about not self-isolating. Okay, okay. And only because... I stepped into my therapist's office. I was just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are not putting me on meds. We are not having me <laughs> You know, if you committed. do your own therapy, they still get paid, right? I know, but I'm like, <laughs> but can we, can we actually figure out a thing that works? Okay. So I will Because you did here. not want to be on meds. I did not want to be on meds. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not want to be hospitalized either. Mm-hmm. So my thing was, okay. A six-week program. Okay, okay. If, if at any of our sessions during the six weeks, you feel like I am still not doing the work of ensuring that I function mm-hmm. somewhat, then totally have me committed, totally drug me up. Sure, I'm, I'm up for that. Mm-hmm. But for now, what I need is no, not drugs, mm-hmm. and I need to work through this feeling all the way through. Okay, like um, not numbing anything. Not just... numbing anything. I, I really, as hard as it is, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and having people over was a way of me not isolating. Okay. And now I d- you'd been, you were, you were in a depressive, you were in the depressive exactly. part of the cycle. Yes. Okay. And I mean, I didn't have to leave my house, right? People came into my home. Yes. So I was very deliberate about that. Mm-hmm. And also having people come into my home, then it was the whole thing of like, okay, what brings me joy? And I love feeding people. You do. I You always offer me like loaves of things. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, cops ain't loyal. Like... Look, they ain't loyal, but they're so good, especially when I make them, you know? Um, it's like love on a plate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of the 
very few ways I think I know of actually loving people mm-hmm. in in a tangible manner. So it's like, like your, yeah. your, your love language outwards. What's a love language outwards? So, you know, there's the, everyone talks about their love language being what they love having done to them. Yeah. What is an outward love language? Like, I don't know if actually people um, take the time to conceptualize it. I don't think we do, right? Like so, how, how I love people. Actually, yeah. people don't, hey? They don't. Ah. That's actually so true. Yeah. Okay. Mm? Because like, I sort of, I think then over the years became the person who people came to when they were not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I can understand how you'd quickly, very quickly become that person. Right. Because you hold people and you hold space for them and that's like your whole thing. Yeah. But then that also meant that over your time, even the time when I've seen you and I've known you, you've attracted some really toxic people. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's really, because also there's the people... You know, there's the broken people who also there's attracting people who don't want to be fixed, who mm. are broken and don't want to f- be fixed. And you and I are the same in which we have a tiny savior complex. So small. Can I just say that it is minuscule? Is it? It's been minuscule, I think, for a couple of years. And it took a while to actually internalize it. Like so, that, that you've, you, you're going to take down your savior. Yes. Remember my, my that. rages sometimes. It's, it's dormant most of the time. And then sometimes I'll, and sometimes I'll see someone and I'm like, I will save you. I don't will. do that. Don't do oh, that. I like know, you're I'm exhausting. Remember that one particular relationship of mine that had everybody in a fist because you're just like, can you fucking end the, in this, in this, the one, and not the, the one you, you, you brought to my house, and I was so mad, and they drank all my gin, my, yeah. my whiskey. Yes, uh, that one. Uh, and I'm so sorry. And I remember saying to you guys that I would never put you in that position ever again. And that was a few years ago. That is true. Yeah, big facts, big facts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was a thing of me actually also having to very much come into my being and my space and being okay with who I was. Mm-hmm. how I love and the fact that how other people then want to receive that love, how, how other people want to perceive my presence actually has fuck all to do with me. Oh, dude, that's something Sipu says as well. I'm always like, guys, but no, but that, yeah, but like true. It, it really has nothing to do with me. And, and I mean, it, I, I still get triggered when somebody says or when somebody gets to framing a thing as me being a lot, ah. you know? Um, and and Wait, they because say you, you give them love and they're like, whoa, you need to back it on up. Yes. Okay. And I'm just, and, and also, I mean, somebody said to me, you are present. You are so present and I don't know what to do with that. And I'm like, well, I don't know any other way to be in a space with a mm. person mm. without being present. So I don't know what you want me to do with that. Like, actually, what are you and supposed to do with that content? I, 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 I don't know. I really don't know. Um, so then what I do, like, you know me, like, I pull all the way back. Yeah, no, you pull. <laughs> <woo, you, laughs> bitch, do you remember when you disappeared on me for, like, a year? And, like, I didn't even know properly we were beefing. You disappeared for a year. And then when I'd holler at you, you'd be like, eh. And I'd be like, okay. And then I, it was when you met Sipu. And Sipu comes back and she's like, Yo, Tamil is pissed at you. And I'm like, what? And you hadn't talked to me for like a year, fam. Because like... No, I'm we ain't going to get into it on the podcast. No, we, we're not going... Like, 
but we sorted had that out. Me fucked up, no, y'all. I had you all the way fucked up. Like I had you all the way fucked up. Um, my bad. My bad. And the funny thing is that, but I'll, I'll also say this <laughs> in terms of you and I, we deal with things in such a similar manner mm-hmm. that it is hard for you and I not to have each other fucked up. <laughs> so. <laughs> All the way fucked it up. Is, like all the way because we both retreat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I retreat. Um, yeah, yeah. And then resurface months later, and then it's like, yeah, I know, babe. I was going through a thing, and I'm just like, bitch, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but wait, let's double back. Like outside of our vibe, like, let's double back to like relationships and things, right? So, like with you and. Um, going through this time and your mental health and things, how has that affected your relationships over the years? Because I think that's something that a lot of people don't deal with and don't speak about how mental health can really, like, affect a relationship on both sides, right? And, like, I think a lot of people just think of it... Because I know there's a lot of people who romanticize the idea of having a partner with depression. (laughs) You've got got this, this beautiful broken soul who you must cuddle and you know you're there and you're wrapping them in a blanket and you're this but like it's not that it is heavy it It is is heavy heavy as shit um and not just for the neurotypical partner Mm -hmm. but even for me to have somebody in my space when I am really going through it is a lot because I'm not used to like I can meet up with my loves and I can spend the day unraveling. Yeah. Right? But I know then that I get to pack up all of my bits mm-hmm. of my messy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. But I get to pack them up. I get to pack them in my bag and I get to leave and I get to go home. And you get to put them in the corner at home. Yes. Where they're looking at you and your demons are taking care of them now. For exactly. Yeah. And, and then I get to unravel in the most intense manner with no eyes on me. Yeah. So I ask my lovely friend to move in with me. Yeah, yeah. And I think somewhere through April, and it was still very hot in April, right? Mm -hmm. So they are... They really love exercising and whatnot. Oh, and then, are they so, 100% that friend? So I go into the steez as well because I'm just like, ooh, actually, I miss being active. Mm-hmm. I miss being active. So they don't like cardio. I don't mind cardio, you know. Wait, so how I'll do they exercise? Up. Are they a yoga baby? Yoga, calisthenics. Like, okay, okay, who? Yo, like lifting your body with, like lifting yourself with your body, holding yourself up with your core, like all of that. <laughs> like... <laughs> They are wild. They are so wild. Bring yourself to Love yourself. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I do that. And then I do yoga with them every now and again. Yeah, yeah. Feeling good. But, like, constantly, they'll look at me and they'll be like, Baba, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, I am fine. Mm-hmm. I am so okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And they'll keep asking it. Yeah. Until I think a month later, I'm like, actually, I don't think I'm okay. And they're like, yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So is it easier to navigate something like that with a friend rather than a partner? I found that it was actually much harder. To navigate with, with a friend. friend? Yes. Because cause actually, wait, okay, so you're going to answer this while I go and like top up my glass. Because for some reason, a freaking bitch like put the shit outside. But anyway... 
So like with a with a friend, do you like with a partner, do you feel like you can show them a lot more of your messy? Because even though like your friends, they're there for you, they've seen you through your highs and your lows, there's an intimacy that a partner can see you in that is different to a friend. Do you think that's why it's harder or Yes and no. Mm-hmm. My friendships are elevated way more than my romantic relationships. Really? Like, no, so, I respect people like that. I respect people like that. So it, it, it becomes a thing of me getting so scared mm-hmm. that, yeah, fine. Like, you have seen me through all of it, mm-hmm. right? There's no bit of me that you actually haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But what if one day, as my friend, you decide that it's too much, I actually, I expected from romantic partners, like, bitch, like, most probably you came into my life because I looked at you and I was just like, oh my God, like, you are so hot. I wonder what your sex looks like, you know, and what it feels like. And then we get to talking and I always disclose, right? So I, I am the bitch where the minute you like, look, I like you and I think that maybe, and I'm like, okay, hold that thought Mm -hmm. like all you like but please understand that i live Mm -hmm. with a mental illness Mm -hmm. well mental illnesses actually because you know my brain just decided to like play pokemon with the shit double bag it like triple bag it like like, hello hi (laughs) oh manic depression or what's now called type 2 bipolar i still feel like manic depression is the perfect descriptor oh yeah yes it is oh yes you know so it's that. Um, then there is the anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> oh. And then there's the ADHD. So my brain is a mess. It's an absolute mess. So A cornucopia, if yo. you will. <laughs> also, you know we will not leave you. We've seen you. We fought with you. I know. We love you. We will and not leave you. And we've had so many fights. And that's the thing. So, but it, it, it is also that because, fear. yes, because, you know, I am, I'm so deliberate with my friendships. Mm-hmm. Very, very much deliberate. And I think it's also because my friendships are literally my chosen family. Yeah. So because that space is way more intentional than, oh. The people you're trying to fuck. Yes! <laughs> there is way more vulnerability in that space. Yeah. So for me, there is so much more to, 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 to like, you know? And. Also, it's okay. You can cry. I know. I am crying, yeah. by the way, people. <laughs> I'm just such a cute crier at the moment. No, I'm she, not you doing should, that cry. No, you should, you should see. She's like, she's like <laughs> dabbing her eyes as if she just won an Oscar. I just like, oh my I God. Really I really I'd just like to, oh, I don't believe in a time of COVID. I just, ah. But it's okay. Yeah. No, but I, I can, I, I, I think framing it like that, I, I completely understand yeah. it where... These, these friendships are so important to you. They are. So important to you. And yes, in like lovers, we bring our best foot forward, but it's the friendship that yeah. for you and like to have somebody look at you and be like, I cannot do this. I, I cannot do this. I've seen a side of you that I was not ready for and I cannot do this is yeah. heart-wrenching. It is. Yo. It is. And I don't think we think about that from a friendship point of view. Because we kind of always expect our friends to always be around. I don't. 
And I think because I've gone through so many transitions, right? Mm-hmm. Where there was a time when, where people came in and out of my life. But then there are people that have stayed constant. Yeah. Um, and it is within that that I'm just like, you know, we've been here. Like, I look at Pepsi, for example. Ah, Pepsi. Also, I love the fact that a bitch called Pepsi. Yeah. Full name Pepsi, but no! Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> um, she and I have been friends since varsity. Oh, yeah. No, varsity friends are, are a good look. A good look, definitely. And, yeah. And I think, like, she has listened. Like, and, and, I, and I always... And I don't always say this to, you know, the friends that found me later on in life where I sort of like got a clue, a little bit of a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that woman saw me through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she has moved house for me. That's when I knew that the love was real. She moved, she house, moved house for me while I was in Cape Town to go Jola. Okay. Wait, ah, wait, 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 pause. Pause. Mm-hmm. Me, I was mad when I moved house for my partner. And I didn't move house for my partner. It was I moved house you. with my partner. <laughs> and she was working. Mm. And I still, two years later, I still hold that shit over her head. Mm. I still, to this day, as if I was, I was not also moving. Yes. As if we were in a... In we a, didn't decide. As if we you. didn't decide. Uh-huh. We did not find this apartment together. Yeah, but. To this day, I still sometimes be like, eh, that couch. Mm. I'm the one who put it there. <laughs> and then I watch the TV. That's me, I'm the one who put it there. <laughs> and I watch the TV and I look. And I can see her looking at me. But I'm not looking. I'm like, oh, that TV. Me, I'm the one who put it there. It's nice where it is, ne? Okay, it's good. But like, you were jollering in Cape Town. Yes, it was literally, uh, okay, babe, I'm supposed to move apartments, but also now the, it coincides with my trip. <laughs> and she was just like, that's fine. I will move for you. So she wasn't living with you? No! <laughs> left her mother's house to come move for me. I know, but but I know, but guys. <laughs> okay, okay. Right? And then it was so funny because then I, I got anxious during that trip and then I called her like in the early AMs. That was not a good call. And I think that was our first big um, fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but we came out of it. Yeah. I mean, she tells me, was it last year? I think it's last year or two years ago. And she's like, her little sister was like to her, like, yeah, no, the fact that you and Tabby got through that. <laughs> <laughs> was like, yo, okay, y'all are meant to, like, you're clearly. meant to be. Yeah. Um, yo, yeah. Like, see, she, she has, she has gotten, I think, the much more unrefined, but also we grew together. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's always lovely. It's, yeah. it's it's always lovely mm-hmm. and and we're still here. You are still here. We are still here. That is amazing. And yeah, and it's just beautiful. And then they're just like cuz I mean when you think about how you and I became friends, right? How, how did we become Where did we find each other? You fucked up my you were you were just like stressing the shit out of me at my own like it was my first what's it? It was my first um What's it? Uh, event in Joburg. Yeah. And the three ungovernables. You were part of the three ungovernables. Yes, but I feel like your, that space was wild. No, Can that I space just was say? messed up. Okay, speak on that space. You know what? Do it. Because me, sometimes I get me, stressed. Me? Nah. 
And I'm just like, I am so glad now that I can just speak. And, on. Yes, and, and my my go-to place is not to rationalize anything. If you come up with some bullshit, trust me, I'm gonna cuss you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, child. I'm, I'm gonna so cuss stressed. you out. <laughs> I didn't cuss them out that day, but it was a whole okay, guys. The event was about pleasure. Eh? It was about kink and pleasure. Kink and pleasure, yes. It was about, it was specifically, it was was about kink and pleasure. Yes. And because, and that is the reason I invited uh, Tsekhofato. Yes. Because it was a case of like, this is a very specific thing we're doing. And the weird thing is with that, the organization shall remain unnamed. So they hollered at us. They slid into our fucking DMs, right? And we're like, hey, hey, can you do something on kink and pleasure? Because you guys have landed. You're holler. We've been waiting for you. We've been hearing that you're coming. Let's do a thing. You guys will start, like, creating these pleasure spaces. We're like, yes. Hey, we create this space. People come to try and drag. Apparently, the idea of pleasure is privilege. I was like, fuck it. It was, Done. yes. It I was, was like, pleasure. I did not escape. No, but the pleasure is privilege was actually, it was the... It, it was wasn't 2015, hey? Because it, it was end of 20. Wait, was no, that? no. So there hey, was stress. No, how many times have, has, no. have the queer community tried to break my period? No, there has. Hey. So there was the one where it was, I think, mostly just pleasure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. And that, that was where the three ungovernables then. You, guys, that, you, be- you guys became a thing? And yes. Like, because within that space, everybody was talking about how they like their pleasure. Yeah. And then. We brought up the kink element yes. of it. And then some bodies. Some bodies. And when I say some bodies, like there were two specific some bodies, but they shall not be named because like it is love and peace now. We don't, but, we don't, we don't, we don't <laughs> shame shame. Uh, uh, yeah. Yo. <laughs> quote and unquote, ne? what was said <laughs> was on the fact of no, I can't believe that we are sitting here as feminists and using words like uh, domination and submission. Like, you can't be a feminist and believe that that is pleasure. Yeah. And I stood up and I said that if that is the case, then I am taking off my feminism and I'm leaving it by the bedroom door or wherever it is that I'm having sex. <gasps> I remember you said and that yes. and I thought you were so cool. I was like, Woo! <laughs> and but like, I, could, oh. I couldn't say anything because I was running the event and I was like, yes, a dominant queen. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. But I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please speak on it. Yeah. Yes. And I was just <laughs> like, and then I'm going to get my orgasms, give the person orgasms. Then I am going to walk out and I'll pick up my feminism up you again. You really did because, say that. Oh, yes. my God. I remember now. You really did say that. And you people, I remember, I will remember I was, yeah, we did hold a lot of events when we first came to Joburg. And you're right. That was the first one. And I remember um, I wasn't actually upset at you guys because I was like trying to like hold the space and there was way too many people in that space, mm. especially for the content because there was like, I think there was like 50 people in that yes. space. Right. So the organization met their quota because they were hoping for 30 people tops. And obviously with like the Holland networks, Techo's networks, and then by Techo, like you guys all came through. And I remember I used to call, I called you even in that place. I was like, you guys are ungovernable. Ha ha ha. But the two people who stood up at one point, I remember throwing my phone onto the bar. 
like onto the bar counter and mm. I was just like forget it because I'd be like you can't say like I'll be like no way not you can't say that but please wait for other people to speak mm. and then that whole thing of like because I remember that's when the whole pleasure is the idea of pleasure is a privilege thing what about like queer black bodies in the township and I was like you think queer black bodies in the township ain't fucking they are fucking, you seriously? I'm and they like, fucking way more than we are and are actually getting way more pleasure because they don't deal yeah, in not, these stereotypes these, these and stereotypes, shit. These politics, right? this, 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 this. There's no yeah. politics in their sex. It's just sex and it's sex to have fun. And the funny thing is, so then a year later... I love that we'll be so pissed. Like, what's no. it, four years? Wait, it's 2020, five years later. Yes, we no, still pissed. Because like, what the pissed. fuck? <laughs> because one of those people then came with a group of young... Um, Queer women, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was always roles with masculine presenting. Always roles with a bunch of young masculine yes. presenting queer women. To this day. Yes. And it was during the session where Abby and I were talking about dating, alcohol, and safe sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and how to gain access to, to you know, and, and the fact that you can't get dental dams anywhere, finger cuts and all of that. Yeah. So they came in run about then and then we did the improvision of, okay, you can get a condom and make a dental dam out mm-hmm. of it and whatnot. Oh, so we need to hold those um, spaces again, huh? Yes, because actually, like a whole lot of things has, have made me... And, and I'm so mad at people because I'm just like, how is it that you're still not invested in your pleasure even now? Yeah. There are so many resources online, but you still don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You still hold very harmful views, actually, mm-hmm. about sex, about uh, pleasure, about people's bodies in general. Because I think the one thing that we don't talk about is how fatphobic the community is. Oh my and gosh. how that affects... No fats, no femmes, no blacks. But- yes, like all of that. And I'm just like, yes, but also at the same time, you're denying yourself so much of goodness. Yeah. Like, mm. being thick people. <sighs> yeah, no, we stressed. Wait, wait. Wait, so what I wanted to ask you, because um, I wanted to really double down and double back, and that's the problem with these podcasts, when you do them with, like, chummies, it's fine. Um, so, like, I want to go back to the idea of how mental health affects your relationships. And I remember one of the things you've told me in the past is how during um, sort of a depressive episode, because I now want to zero in on sex. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, if, is it holler if we don't zero in on sex? <laughs> it is not. So, like, I want to zero in on sex and look at the ways in which sort of your manic episodes and your depressive episodes play out sexually. So if you could speak first about your manic episodes, right? And then we'll go to the depressive. Because I think with, like, with depression and things, like, a lot of people don't, understand like i feel like that is a more universal thing and i feel like you could give like a lot of insight yeah but i will speak about that in a second but first let's go through the manic part like what was that like for you (sighs) look the manic part and and i think i'm so happy that like the older i've grown Mm -hmm. um my manic episodes then my my risky behavior is more financial more than anything else. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's um, more financial. <laughs> so out here, I it's mean, like, it's not really great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been years since I've engaged in risky sexual behavior mm-hmm. because I'm manic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that has been a huge plus. So yeah, but like in the past, like, yeah, my, my manic episodes were riddled with, well, I guess not riddled, but like, there was a whole lot of sex happening. 
you know? Because mm-hmm. it's almost as if, like, you enter also, like, a hyper-sexualized version of yourself. And, yeah. Because you do feel like... Um, and I love the way I, I'm now throwing in my degree here more than anything. <laughs> like, because when I, I, I finally... I One thing I always did not understand properly was bipolar. Like, and now I know that it's bipolar one, bipolar two, there's like different things. Like, and I think one of the things we never truly understand about a manic episode is you do feel you are unbogable. Like it's it's a Kenyan phrase from back in the day where you are untouchable. You just it's euphoria. Nil, euphoria. It is like think of like the way it's 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 been described in like d- different textbooks and different examples and stuff. It's like you know that time when you're kind of drunk. And nothing can touch you. Yes. That person that you want, you can get. Mm. That money you want to throw, you can replace. Mm. Like anything is possible. Not in a Disney way, in a Disney villain sort of way. Like the world is yours. Yes, Everything. you can go to the Merc, you know, showroom and, and drop be like, that yes. money. Because that money will replace tomorrow. Uh, and uh-huh. it really doesn't. You can holler at that. You, can know, I just tell you, that? <laughs> you can you can holler at that person and do that nasty because. It's fine. Like, yes. everything is fine. You you sit there and you think about the job you want or the job you should have. And it's CEO of ESCOM. And I, I will apply. And I'll apply. Yes. And, like, you'll be on the internet there. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Submit CV. Yes. One time. Thank One you. One time. Because that, you're like, like that and is I me. And I think we... Because it's not something that is... Like, and I know, like, movies, now that I understand that, I understand how movies have tried to depict it but not quite depicted it. They've always depicted it as this, like, I don't know. Actually, no, they haven't, they haven't tried to depict it, but like, it's, it's, it's like absolute euphoria met then with an absolute. So now during the euphoria, you like, there was like recklessness and now it's more financial. Yes. Because it's destructive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You hardly ever get manic episodes where, somebody will just explain it as just pure euphoria. Mm-hmm. The euphoria always comes with some shit, yeah. right? So there's the anxiety that will come with it. Um, then there's the recklessness that comes with it as mm-hmm. well. There is no way that that is a complete wholesome euphoric experience. It isn't. Mm. But there have been times where I have been so grateful for like for mania because like, it gives me a reprieve from all of, right? Like, I've been in the downer for eons. And now I sort of feel like I can, I can do some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sort of envision me, even if it's just for a week, me being alive and me not totally hating my existence. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, my mania, the only thing that I'm always, like, worried about is total financial ruin. Okay. I haven't gotten there, but, I mean, the past... And, if like, people that follow me on Twitter know because I, I tweet through my episodes. Yes. Um, and I think, also, a part of me is, A, me documenting, so I don't need people commenting on, on my mental illness posts or whatever, it is really not there for you. It is more for me. And also for anybody that feels like... Because there, there is that they huge are. community online. Yes. Of like identifying mental health things, dealing with mental... And also just that, su- 
support like even if it's not like uh oh we all whatsapp each other it's like seeing that online and being uh, like whoa okay cool i see somebody and i see yes, me that's so like, important yes it's, there's nothing abnormal about you mm-hmm. um and the fact that not every one of us has to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist as well right mm-hmm. to know that mm-hmm. Things ain't right. Because like, I think for the longest time, people would be like, yeah, but have you been diagnosed though? And I'm like... Yeah, it's like, have you seen a doctor? Have you seen have, a doctor? Have you like, seen a doctor? Also, that shit is there? not cheap. We need to talk about the way mental health is not free. Hey. hey. Yo. Hey. Who, who's got 3K Woo. to go see a psychiatrist so you can go there and oh, then they can day. take notes and be like... Okay, fine. Okay, so you are possibly and right? psychiatrists and psychologists. Because psychiatrists are like a lot more expensive than psychologists. Yes, yeah? because they got that medical backing. So you are gonna pay for that med degree? Hello, please. Three Hello, three thousand. Three thousand. Three thousand. So for those of you out there, three thousand rand is about at this current exchange rate. I'm doing the calculations in my head. And as my mother says, in real money, because my mother deals in dollars. Anything else is fake money, right? It's so bad. Don't be colonized, mom. So 3,000 rand for those of you out there to do the conversion is about 250 to $270, right? So please convert that into whatever currency you choose to work in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is a public service announcement. 3,000 rands. Hey. And I mean, it doesn't seem bad, but when you think mm. about... No, that's a lot of money. Yes. I mean, also then, when you look at the social demographics of South Africa, mm-hmm. and the fact that this country is poor, okay? It is poor. Po. We is poor in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got 3,000 rand... Most people can't afford medical aid. They can't even afford just hospital cover. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why then can I not put as much information about my mental illness journey, mm-hmm. right? And also because, like, we could all have bipolar type 2, mm-hmm. but it benefits different. And I can tell you that my mood swings and mood changes, for example... Have my the pattern has changed. Mm-hmm. It has changed dramatically from 2015, right? It looks different from 2016. It looks different from 2017. Like this year is on some all other shit. Some whole other shit, huh? Yeah, because fine, I can have a depressive episode for a month, but when my mania comes, I'm used to mania. Being around for at least a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. No, what has been happening this year is just like <laughs> depression. And then maybe two weeks of it. I mean, sorry, two days. Ooh, I wish two weeks. <laughs> two days. Mm-hmm. Two days of being manic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I PMS, my mental health, my mental illness, like symptoms get worse. Mm-hmm. So my anxiety would get worse. Okay. Uh, my mania would then be elongated, right? So as I was, like, so currently, I'm about to end my period, mm-hmm. but I had, and before my period started, I was manic. Mm-hmm. Um, then my mania almost, like, interloped with, with my PMS. Uh, but I was coming out of the mania, or so I thought. But then I went into a into the PMS uh, period, and then my mania continued. 
Um, so I think like only now I'm sort of like maybe coming down from it, but even then I'm not sure. Like we will see in a couple of days. It's like stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but yeah. So even my anxiety does not. Because as anxious as I've always been, even if I was anxious to leave the house, I would always be able to leave the house. Okay. Um, but people, like, in the last four to five months, just to give you an idea, I've only gone grocery shopping for myself, I think, two, three times? In the last two, three months? Yeah. Okay, okay. So not are, we going, are we going grocery shopping after this, Wena? Did Hell we no. decide? Mm-mm, we we decided it's a hard no. It's a hard ah, no. For sake. Right. You know, you know, and you know we went grocery shopping together the other time and it was awesome. Yes, it was great. And also like, but I also needed to get out of the house that day specifically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that helped. Um, so yeah, but like outside of that, like my mania when it comes to sexual things does not... does not really play that big of a role. Okay. Um, the interesting thing was how my depressive state and my sex have changed. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because, I mean, with most people, depressive episodes come with a huge drop in libido, mm-hmm. not wanting. Lately, I become hypersexualized. Right. So... Why did you bring samosas into the... Damn it. Wait, so you get hypersexual when you're depressed? Mm. Okay, damn. Wait. No, I understand that. Because in 2016, when I was depressed, I was fucking like a beast. Like, I was fucking like a beast. Mm. It wasn't the healthiest fucking, even though it was was someone I loved, but I was fucking like a beast. Mm. Mm, and it's so great. It's like, um, yeah. So mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. because it also sort of like becomes a coping mechanism. Oh, damn it! Why are you therapeuticizing twenty fifteen tip? Ah, because why are you eh? like this though? We are all here to be dragged. Dragged me by our baby hairs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I've had some great sex in the past three months. <laughs> it's been great. Um, but I also like, no, like, it, and also because I think I did a thing of self-numbing because I'm okay. still not on meds. The only meds that I did concede and go back onto was my anxiety medication. Okay, okay. Um, but it is also a thing that sex can be used as a grounding tool. Oh, okay. Okay, pause on that. I'm going to tell you that I love you. And like, I love, you see, this is what's really fun about being on podcasts with friends where you can just be like, pause. I'm going to tell you I love you and I'm going to tell you we're wrapping this up. Okay. Cool? Yes. And you know we'll never leave you, right? I know. Cool. That's Tabule. Pronouns she, her. Tabula is a corporate cat with a big heart and will cook for everyone. Everyone. She, she's the sort of bitch who turns up with banana bread and currant loaf and muffin muffins or whatever it is. And she has a network of loves to go with that increasingly big heart. 
a Twitterati who tweets the things and a wine philosopher on the socials. Because like sometimes she'll just be on that IG live. You know, catch, catch a bitch outside. Catch a bitch outside. She's also a little kinky. The first time I actually met Tabile, she was fucking up one of my events. But it's okay. We've moved on and we'll do a thing. Alright, so, always such a jam, hanging with Tabule. Also, apparently a bitch was pissed. <laughs> it was a weird time, but we're over it, and that's why we can now podcast. So, mixing love, sex, and mental health can be really, really tricky. There's a lot that goes into being a partner of someone who struggles with mental health, as well as being the person who struggles. Like, I know I've had my own struggles, and it's been deep. And it's been deep for my partner to support me through that. It's been deep to feel like you're being that burden. And I completely get what like Tabula was saying in the podcast, just like, ah, it's a lot. So like Tabula told us, mental health can affect your sex life. And this we've seen in a lot of spaces. And the most recently someone popped into our DMs on Holler, like right in the Instagram DMs telling us how their partner had left them because they'd suffered a depressive episode due to a whole host of things happening in their life and they weren't having sex and their partner was like, I can't do this anymore and they'd left. So we've got some tips on how to navigate that vibe. I went and I found out what we must do from mental health professionals to folks straight chilling to the book in the chapter. Wait, the chapter in the book, in my book, you need to go buy it. Quirky, quick guide to having great sex. Go buy my book. But here are some one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things you can do to navigate sex, mental health, and love. Take time to discuss the mental health, like to discuss mental health in general in a space with no distractions and no judgments. Because I think one of the most important things is just kicking off with a conversation. So know what you're dealing with. This is a time to be doing your research. Different mental health issues have different triggers. They have different ways of supporting it, different ways of mitigating things, different ways of managing it. So know what you are going into, both you and your partner. Everyone should know. For example, bipolar 2 will manifest differently and will have to be managed differently than, say, seasonal depression disorder or anxiety or specific anxiety or PTSD, for example, right? The research once you're done doing that research of what exactly you're getting into, research how to support someone with A or B mental health issue. Different symptoms, again, like I said, have different ways of supporting, different triggers, different management mechanisms. Different things are happening and you need to go in with your eyes wide open. Everyone needs to go in, right? The fourth one, listen, listen, listen. Often folks just need somebody to listen to them, right? When things are tough, for someone to be present, not for you to fix things, not for you to be like, do yoga and get some sunshine. They just need to know that they're loved during this really, really difficult time. They just need to know that they're loved. And their experience of this is central to the way that you show up for them. So if somebody says that they need X, Y, Z, don't be like, no, you just need like some power yoga and some kundalini in the morning find out what it is that they need and show up for them in the way that they need you to show up for them. Let them share as much or as little as they can or they want to. Number five, do not second guess their feelings or try and diagnose them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, I, I, I'm not even going to like expand on this. Just don't do it. Okay, don't do it. Number six, keep your questions open-ended, right? 
this again goes back to the idea of listening to them, letting them speak on their experience, letting them speak on what it is that they need, what it is that they're feeling and what it is that they're experiencing. Number seven, and I think this is a really, really important one, right? Take a beat and a breath and a break. Like supporting someone suffering with their mental health can be very, very heavy because, you know, supporting them, like just supporting their feelings and holding that space for them. But also if you're living together and you're sharing a life, taking more and more responsibility within your life, that, that can take a toll. So taking a minute to breathe and taking some time for yourself is very, very, very very important. And also checking in with yourself, checking in where you're at, checking in what you can handle. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, you really cannot pour from an empty cup. You really, really cannot pour from an empty cup. So yeah, sex, mental health, engaging with folks, it's, it's a lot. And I'm gonna leave you with that thought. And I'm just going to say, oh, the first thing I'm gonna say, please go to like, the basically life instagram it's at basically life under slash pod it has such great content it has such great content like don't even be hating it has great content and yeah so this is basically life and i'm your host tiff mugo telling you to calm your tits because it is never ever that serious This podcast was created by Holla Africa Productions and sound engineered by Leon Erasmus of Digital Fanatic Studios. Music compiled by Mbali of Chosen Flower Collections. <laughs>